Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 18 of Decoding Joseph. And we are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership using this story 
of Joseph from the book of Genesis. Um, in our last episode, we were talking about how it's not an accident that you find yourself on this planet in this day, age, and time. There's a phrase we like to use from the Bible when Mordecai told Queen Esther that she had been born for a time like this, <clears throat> a time when the nation of Israel needed someone to stand up and be bold and courageous and defend them because a decree that would wipe out Israel had been passed and Esther was a little bit tentative because she Esther was a little bit tentative because there was certain protocol that uh, she wasn't sure how to maneuver that protocol of how to approach the king to reverse that decree. But unbeknownst to her, Mordecai told her that, hey, and just in case you are afraid of helping us, you do not know God will liberate us through another arm, another channel. And just so you know also is that don't think that just because you are in the palace that you won't be taken out by this decree if it comes to pass. So that is, you know, that's a backdrop where I'm saying that it's not a mistake that you're here. It's not a mistake that you're here. Now I'm finding that there's a lot of people who, a lot of Christians, most Christians, still haven't really discovered why they kind of know a little bit they kind of have an inkling but they haven't kind of really uh narrowed in on <clears throat> why they're here why they have been called now of course as well people who don't believe in god you know one of the things we introduced yesterday uh, I mean, in our last episode, was that I've gone around and spoken to random people, and people will tell you when you ask them, What's your dream? Their dream, which ends up driving everything that they do, is, in, in my estimate, based on at least the magnitude of investment that the creator, Jehovah, Elohim, Adonai has put in every spirit, every person that he has created, I, I would disagree that that is their calling. I did share one person who said that their dream was to <clears throat> retire their parents early. And I said, that's a good, you know, desire to have. But that is not the ultimate reason as to why you are called, you know, why God released your spirit into the universe, because it's bigger. And today I want to explain why it's bigger than even what your dreams could be, because a calling transcends a dream. In scripture, you will see that the Lord talks about 
he speaks to people in dreams and and you know and you know, says write the vision down make it plain um but you see those things you see those phrases being used but for the most part scripture talks about a calling a calling is something that is um it, it's a call it's a call to action in fact that that's thank, thank you holy spirit a calling is like a call to action that because in the last episode i did show some examples that you could let's say have a dream <clears throat> of building a business you know of setting up a bakery or a big business but do you know that after you fulfill the dream that you could still not feel accomplished so if your dream lines up with your calling then you've struck gold right now if your dream still wouldn't give you that satisfaction that let's say in those moments let's say picture yourself fulfilling that dream and then ask yourself okay if i fulfilled this dream would i be ready to go to heaven or would i be ready to depart like let's say if you fulfill the dream now imagine yourself taking your last breath and say would that dream have been worth it would it have been worth the reason as to why you were existing in let's say this once in a lifetime thing <clears throat> let, let's not even uh, let me even not stretch you out to eternity because let's say if this life was all that he that is you know some people believe that so my question to them would be okay if this is it and you accomplish that thing that you're telling me right now that is your dream would that thing if you accomplished it would it be worth all the pain all the sweat blood tears all the ups and downs like would it be worth a once in a lifetime existence meaning that thing is it worth like like this once in a lifetime existence that i'm i'm even just saying hypothetically because i believe there's a heaven like like you can't change my mind on that but i'm not even going to stretch you out to something about eternity and you know heaven and, and paradise or as some people might, might call it but i'm just saying if we just stopped right on the day that you depart that you take your last breath would that dream be worth your memory if they start to pull up the archives the historical records and so there's a people who lived during this time and this is what they, they start to play the tip they start to play the film when they get to you would it be worth that all generations even you you're now looking back at your life this 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 once in a lifetime existence that when they reach your image your profile your bio that it says 
he retired his he or she retired her parents early would that in that moment from that perspective how would you feel if you would feel if right now as i'm saying this you would feel like mm, i think i would like to go back in give me another chance to add to that bio to that profile to that summary of my life then you know that's how you know that there's a calling is higher than a dream if your dream is not your calling a calling is higher than your dream so like if all of us are now seated in a room and they're playing everyone's tip biography and we're going through all the generations all the people who have ever existed and they come to this uh century you know uh the, you know this millennium or century and then they there you have there you are everybody is watching your life story and the the summary of your life story says retired their parents early or maybe built a bakery shop and that was it or even uh built i don't know a you know million dollar you know business or whatever and i'm just saying that because the context that i want to give you is that you know when they're showing your biography they're just going to be capturing the highlights right so they'll say okay owned a bakery shop for 20 years or um worked at this place for 20 years and that was it and there was nothing else you know and there was nothing else would you be content with that snapshot of a summary of your existence or would you say you know what i wish i could have added something more once you still feel that thing you know that there's a calling which is higher than a dream if your dream isn't within your calling now we also touched on a beautiful passage out of Psalms 139 that really, I'll just read the, the, the focal verses, not the whole thing, that really talks about how uh, it says, you shaped me first inside, then out. You found me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you are breathtaking body and soul. I am marvelously made. This is Psalms 130, Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16. This is the one that talks about how the Lord, you know, all your days were planned out. It says, I thank you, high God, your breathtaking body and soul. I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You knew every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit how i was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book you watched me grow from conception to birth 
all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd ever lived one day. So you see, your eyes saw my unformed substance. And in your book, all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape. When as yet there was none of them. Wow, this is very beautiful. So again, this is just to you know, bring more evidence, more assurance that you're not here by mistake. So now where I want us to head to is callings. Now that I, I, I hope I have encouraged you to really think of your calling, I have been, you know, this subject has become very interesting because I am starting to see how much my life and who I am today drastically changed, has drastically changed from the last, you know, within the last two, two and a half years, two years, I would say, three years, two and a half years, between two to three years. Because ever since I really found out what the Lord wanted me to do, why I was created, why I'm here for this time, season, day and age, it drastically changed how I approach life. It has changed me because to accomplish that purpose, that calling, I had to become someone different. The old person that I was, I could never attain what God has called me to do. My lifestyle had to change. My friendships had to change. Um, who I marry, uh, who I desire to marry had to change. Um, everything about me had to change. My whole world changed because of finding out one piece of information. And so it's all, it, it was a challenge. It almost felt like I lived a different life for the first, you know, uh, 30 years of my life. And then I had to change because um, previously the, the core of my existence was wrong. The mindset, what was driving me was wrong. So everything outwards from the piece of this puzzle, you know, scripture says, you shall know them by their fruit. It says, it, it, it says a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. A good tree will produce good fruit, but a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Meaning me, my heart, my intentions, my purpose, how I look at life, being the tree was wrong. So I could never produce the good fruit, which is the calling that I've been given the mandate that God gave me that he planned out for me. And I also did, um, I did, um, <clears throat> in the last episode, in the previous episode, I did stress, I did point out that even the people that you look at today as world heaters and, and you're like, um, you know, maybe, it could be celebrities, it could be famous people, athletes, movie actors, whatever you want to call them. You know, you might look at those people and think that this person has tapped out God. 
And I say, you cannot tap out God because the scripture says he's able to do above. He's able to do exceedingly above, beyond what you can think, ask, or imagine, according to the power that works in us. So that shows you that whatever you've accomplished, because God couldn't help himself, he ordained 10 times. You know, he put a 10x capacity in you. And probably you'll only achieve three times of that in this lifetime. Again, because there's the fall of man and because <clears throat> we go through things in our lives that put us off course. So unless you're fortunate and lucky and blessed that you know what God has called you to do from the day you were born and your parents have received that revelation and they nurture you in that path, perhaps you can come close to meeting the measure. But even then, I, 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 it would take extreme consecration, dedication, like you would have to be in alignment with. So that being said, I don't believe anyone has tapped out God. You can't. So I did mention that through some names out there that let's say in the sports world, Michael Jordan didn't tap out God because there's a chance that God could have said, okay, plan said, okay, I want you to win 10 championships. And Michael Jordan won only six. So on that scale, he failed. He didn't tap out God. Meanwhile, he's winning six. People look at him as this being that, you know, the greatest. They said no one will ever be like him. Meanwhile, in God's estimate, God could be saying, he didn't come close to what he could have done. Uh, big music, whatever it is. Anyways, the point is, even the people, you know, you might think of just because Jeff Bezos is worth, I don't know, $150 billion, something like whatever it is, or Elon Musk, and you might be thinking that these guys have tapped out God. No, they haven't. They haven't. There's another philosophical uh, discussion that I could get into, but... I'll, I'll be weaving it in slowly as we go along um, about why even the inventions that we see today. For instance, you might look at the person who's created the iPhone. You know, we might look at the iPhone and right now we might think, oh, man, like our world is developed. Like we're so far. Like, man, the new iPhone now, like the, 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 the smartphone, you know, the smartphone has now become like a computer in the palm of your hands. From God's perspective, that's all technology. That is old. Because when Jesus prayed, he said, thy kingdom come. When his disciples, when his teaching them, said, first of all, you say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Then the next thing he said to his disciples was, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, so, and this is a segue into this whole thing of calling, I, I, but I'm still, I, I'm painting this picture of, I'm, I'm, I'm curving out a path that we shall get into some specifics about a calling. So, um, enjoy the context that I'm, I'm, I'm putting around, that I'm painting, okay? So, with that in mind, if it is possible to bring the will of God on earth as it is in heaven, the question you have to ask yourself, what is the communication system in heaven? 
You see, in heaven, they communicate according to thought, right? What I'm thinking is, as I'm thinking it, I'm communicating to you. The moment I start tapping into the realm of thought in heaven, that's how they communicate. The speed of thought, right? Uh, speed of light, actually. We'll get into that because his God is light. And if you really look at the speed of light, it means that's the that's the speed at which uh, communications and things happen in the realm of heaven. Now, Jesus had a... Uh, so, it, when for, for us, we might be thinking that um, an iPhone sending a text message, a smartphone, I don't even know why my mind is on an iPhone. I don't even use iPhone. But for some reason, I'm giving iPhone the plug. They better uh, bring in some uh, advertising dollars and I'll give them a plug on the show. Anyway, so the smartphone. For us, we might be, you might be looking at the smartphone and you might be saying, oh, we have WhatsApp, we have this, we have this, this is really cool. I can just send a text message and that person receives it. But do you know, I was doing some studying and listening. I was like, wow, I'd never really thought about it on that scale. Because um, when you're talking about how we cannot tap out God and how actually we haven't started leaving. Because if in heaven, if there's a communication system where you communicate according, according to how you're thinking, do you know that right now we have to build encryption softwares so that when I send you a text message, it's encrypted as it's sent so that hackers cannot hack our emails, our passwords, all of that. That's a lot of hassle. God's technologies are all seamless. So if you're the person building the smartphone, you might think that you have achieved summa cum laude. But from the point of view of God, God is like, child, please, you haven't scratched the surface because there's another dimension of seamless communication where there's no wires, where you don't need encryption, where I can look at you and just think and and I send my thoughts as people like to think about this whole uh, telepathic, right? But that's the dimension of communication that's available in the realms of heaven. That's how spirits communicate. And for us, we're still dealing with hardware. We're still dealing with hardware. And every couple of years, we need hardware upgrades. Apple needs to launch, do another launch. Oh, we're releasing the iPhone this, which has better this and this and that. Meanwhile, there's another dimension where you, you can communicate without needing hardware. I mean, but now the problem is, you might say, is that even attainable in this lifetime? Well, we're going to get into that. Uh, there are certain capabilities that are not attainable in our life right now because of the fall of man. There's the fall of man has, in a sense, uh, it, it put a cap on, let's say, we can't attain uh, wireless or that kind of co co communication where we can communicate at the sp at, you know speed of light, but also at the speed of thought. 
we can't attain that right now because our bodies and our minds have been corrupted by the fall of man. So with that being said, that's to show you that the initial plan or magnitude that God had for us, um, we have not been able to tap into it. So whatever you see that amazes you in this lifetime, just know that those people haven't tapped out God. I don't care if it's a, a company that's worth a trillion dollar company like Apple, they still haven't tapped out God. They still haven't tapped out God. Now, with all of that being said, let us continue to lay more context and ground for why you need to, to know your purpose calling and how you can start to move in that direction. Okay, so from, let us first come up and, and I wanna paint the picture, kind of start to paint a picture of understanding of God's callings, what type of callings God has put into the universe right now and the purpose of those kind of callings. So the first calling that was revealed unto man was in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, you see that it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over, the, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Okay. Then we start to see more about the type of calling that it was going to be. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, him, male and female, created he, them. Okay. Here's the mandate. The first call. And God blessed them, and God said, verse 28, God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, God still comes here and let's see more of that mandate. Um, so we know that there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there's also the tree of life. Now, the first calling that we see God giving to man, it was a call, the first call to action. Remember, we're saying a calling is a call to action. The call to action was be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, have dominion. So there's about six, six uh, call to actions there. Be fruitful, one, multiply, two, replenish, three, subdue, four, Have dominion, five. 
It's five call to actions. Five call to actions. Have dominion. So five call to actions. Now, that was Adam's mandate. That would have been our all of us, our callings and purposes, which actually still is, but it's kind of like in a different context right now. However, something happened. Something interrupted this plan. The fall of man, the tempter, Satan. There's a history there. Satan was created. He used to be a cherubim, Lucifer, the morning star. Um, there's a lot of history before what we read. There's a lot of history between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. I, I, I will not get into that. So what happened then was that God gives man these five call to actions as we've read them. Fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Those are five call to actions, okay? But that doesn't go according to plan. Because in chapter 3, we see that man, we see the fall of man happens. You know, we know the story. The woman is tempted. They eat of the uh, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, they fall from the hierarchy of being in God's image. Uh, they, they experience spiritual death, which is one of the main means of, of uh, we, we, we won't really get into that. But so then we see the mandate changed. So now there's what is called a blessing and a cursing. The blessing was what was the covering that Adam had been created in. That's why the scripture says he blessed them. So they were created in the blessing. Man was created in the abundance. Man was created to be innovative in the blessing of God. The blessing of God is the empowerment to have dominion, to be creative, to... The blessing was the empowerment that God gave man that would help him to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. When that plan gets interrupted, Adam... In, in essence, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and there's also a tree of life, the tree of life was a representation, was in the order of magnitude of, of Christ, eternal life, Christ. And the other tree was a tree that if Adam would eat of it, he would declare his independence from God. So even from the beginning, God had given man the ability to have a will. But Adam, in that moment, chose to fall for the lie that Satan said that if you eat of this tree, you will not die. God knows that in the day that you eat of this tree and of this fruit, you will become like God. Adam had already been created in the Adam and Eve, Eve had already been created in the image of God. So they were in the God class. However, the fall of man happens. And we see an interruption to the ecosystem. 
the ecosystem was the Garden of Eden is Adam was created outside the Garden of Eden. So the earth was created. Adam was created in the earth, but brought into this ecosystem called the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden was, was where Adam basically was living like in heaven. And he was to take all the technologies in the Garden of Eden and spread them into the, all the earth. Because the earth had already been corrupted. These, the, what we live in today is what you call a new heaven, is, is, is a refurbishment of the earth. Because when God told them, replenish the earth. He, you have to read these words carefully. God cannot tell you to replenish what wasn't already there. Okay, so it almost feels the more that I look at the, the, the bigger picture of callings, they all come in this dimension. They come in this kind of context of fruitfulness, multiplying, replenishing, subduing, and dominion. Now, Adam's role was to take the prototype of Eden. Eden is... Um, Eden was already an existence in the heavenly realms that was manifested on the earth. So Adam was to dwell in this garden of Eden. It was like his schooling. He would experience what life is in heaven. And he was to now multiply that throughout the earth. God's desire was always for the earth to be like heaven. Okay, the plan gets interrupted. And now in Genesis chapter 3, we find God uh, evidently telling Adam the consequences of choosing independence. Not choosing to decide to live by the counsel and will of God. And says to Adam, uh, you know, we, we know this, the woman, the, you know, painful childbirth pain. Um, dominion uh, being ruled uh, rule over her by her husband uh, this was all on the curse side this is not what God intended but this was, these were the consequences of Adam having chosen the independence Adam and Eve having chosen the independence by participating in eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil then he says to Adam, uh, because you hearken unto the voice of thy of your wife and eat of the tree that I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. He says, Cast is your ground. In sorrow shall you eat of all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and ye shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face, shall you eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it will you taken from dust thou art and unto dust thou shall return so now we have a problem <laughs> we have a problem 
the ecosystem is disrupted. However, so that's the toils, the toils that people go through day to day and all of this, they all come out of that. Uh, the fast man disobeyed. And so death came upon all men by one man's disobedience, death came upon all men. But by one man's obedience, Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, life everlasting um, now comes to all men. So the first, that was the first calling that we see God gave to man, the fivefold calling, call to actions. That was disrupted. So the one thing that I want you to realize is that since the fall of creation, God's plan and agenda changed. In what sense? Because now God needed agents. Everyone that God was sending into the earth was to start to bring back, uh, bring us back to the ecosystem of Eden. Because that's where we fell from. So everyone's call to action now Let's fast forward to, to this. I'll read this out of Jeremiah. Now, I'm really trying to show you what types of callings are in Scripture. What kind of calling so that you can know and say, okay, this is probably where I am. So let us go to Jeremiah and, and you'll see something there. So the, the point that I want to make to you is that in the context of God right now, all callings are pretty much under, it's kind of, I like to call it, it's like a rescue mission or a calling to return to Eden. A calling to return to Eden. A calling for you to return your family to Eden, to return your, your city to Eden to return your promise, to return your state, to return your country, to return your company to Eden. Because that's where we fell from. It's, it's the Eden mandate. And, and we'll see it. But to show you that right now, all because of the fall of man, the fall of man, this corruption has gone has affected all of us, generation, millennia, generation after generation. There's a default corrupted system. And in the context of God, all callings, all empowerments are for us to return to Eden. So that's why every calling now, because it's almost like God is saying all hands on deck. I want everybody to return to the ecosystem of Eden. So it's all hands on deck. It's like a rescue mission. It's a rescue mission for souls. It's a rescue mission within the health industry. It's a rescue mission within the transportation industry. It's almost like it's rescue missions. What kind of rescue missions? Let us go to Jeremiah chapter one, and then you'll see the, the, the categories. I like to call this, there's six callings in scripture, and you can see why. Let's go there. Jeremiah chapter one. 
In Jeremiah chapter 1, the backdrop is this. Jeremiah came from a family of priests. However, God tells Jeremiah something. He reveals to him something about this calling. In Jeremiah chapter 1, I read from verse 4 all the way to verse 10. In fact, in my Bible, it says the calling of Jeremiah. Now, in the last episode, I explained that because we have yielded our lives to our master, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we are now ambassadors of heaven, we're citizens of heaven and ambassadors of Christ. What that means is that how Jesus Christ got his mandate just came to fulfill the scriptures, what was written, what was written of him. So he said that what was written of him in the law of Moses, the book of prophets and the Psalms. And I did use a couple of scriptures from Galatians 2.21, as well as uh, the one that says, Galatians 2.20, that says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in this flesh, in this tabernacle, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, I also did say that this ties in with the Psalms chapter 40, verse 6 to 8, that says, Sacrifice and offering thou did not desire. Mine ears have you opened, burnt offering and sin offering have you not required. This is the part that I want to, to, to show you. It says, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yeah, the law, your law is within my heart. What is the will of God right now? It's a return to Eden. Well, there's a return to souls. Now, the first agenda that God has is because it's a rescue mission to return his family, the people that you created back to him into covenant relationship and family. So God right now is in the business of winning souls. However, he empowers you using different giftings and talents on how to be a light in the world to win people back to him. That's the big picture. Now, if we come beneath the context of God trying to win souls because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life, life everlasting. Okay. Now, if that's the big context of God returning people back to him to show them that he is indeed a loving God, but his plan was interrupted, then he starts to call, give different calls to action. It's through these different calls to actions that people are empowered with natural gifts. Now, um, oh, okay, there's a couple of things I'm saying, and I, and I, and I want to make sure that we're still... Okay, I'm going to get into, dive more into the calling, gifts, talents, and all of that. But let me first paint, uh, give more understanding onto 
the context of the callings that you should kind of be looking out for, where you should place yourself. So God says to Jeremiah, then the word of the Lord came unto me. Remember when God is speaking to Jeremiah, Jeremiah is a prophet. So he's prophesying on behalf of all of us, right? He's at, God is speaking through Jeremiah, but he's not only talking to Jeremiah. He's talking to all of us. So he's talking to me. He's talking to you, whoever's listening to this. Then the word of the Lord came, came unto me saying, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. A prophet. A prophet is a mouthpiece. So there's a calling for us to be mouthpieces of righteousness. When you see something bad happening, there's a calling to speak the godly way of doing it. So that's already a calling there. But you will get a better understanding of how these things come together shortly. So then, then said I, this is how this is how Jeremiah replied. He said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now it says, But the Lord said unto me, Sin not, I am a child. For you shall go to all that I shall send you. You see the whole thing where I say, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become, you are an, you're a citizen of heaven, an ambassador of Christ. And now heaven gives you, sends you on a mission. Okay. It says, and whatsoever I command you, you shall speak. So there's a call to action for all of us to speak what the Lord puts in our heart. There's a call to action for us to speak, to speak, to speak. But let's keep going. Verse 8. It says, but it says, be not afraid of their faces. Mm. He's, tell, he's already giving you a warning of you're going to face backlash. The scripture says all those that live godly will suffer persecution verse 8 he says be not afraid of their faces for i am with you to deliver you says the lord then he says then the lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth and the lord said unto me behold i have put my words in your mouth now i these with the the, 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 what you're reading here, there's something more powerful behind the scenes that you, that, that you may not be capturing. He's using a lot of speaking words in your mouth. You have to go back. How was the heaven and earth created? God spoke. We have to now go back into the genesis of words, the power of words and all of this. So what essentially God is saying here, the Eden mandate that we see there, uh, where it says, God created them in his own image, um, which was, the remember, the, the, the first five call to actions we see God giving to man. Fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, dominion. Now, Adam was supposed to do that through words. So, the creative force, 
right here, there's 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 a there's a there's a deeper degree that that I want you to capture is when God says I put my words in your mouth, it's it's actually more about there's a creative force that He has empowered you with. Because until you release those words, you cannot see them to be destinies are created by words. That's for another day. But now let's. This is where I wanted us to get to verse 10. Uh-huh. So this in a context right now, this what is what I love to believe is the umbrella category of callings where you should start going on a discovery and adventure. How? It says, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. To do what? There's six types of callings that we see here. It says to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. So, I call this the six callings of God that he has set, he has put available. So, you have to find in which one, in which land are you? So this is kind of where you start to say, where, where am I called? You just have to start asking him, Lord, uh, Lord Jesus, where have you set me? Because he already now tells you, I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms. There's six types of callings you see here. He says, to root out, one, to pull down, two, to destroy, three, to throw down, four, now, all of those seem like they are destructive types of callings. In essence, yes, because there's a fall of man. There's a corruption that has happened. But do you realize that those things can't, by the time you get into the calling of building and planting, those can't happen if the other, uh, those can't happen independent of the other four types of callings. So these six types of callings that we see that God has mandated to all of us. So for you, you have to find out, am I called to root out? Am I called to pull down? Am I called to destroy? Am I called to throw down? Am I called to build? Am I called to plant? Then you start to say, okay, in what industry? In what capacity? So, okay. Once you know that, then um, let us go to a scripture in Psalms 82. So that was the six types of callings that I just read out are all um, from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 10. Now, if you parallel these, when you go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 28, there's five call to actions, so there are five callings. What's interesting is that in all of those, we don't see things like root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, because the fall of man hadn't yet happened. But right now, there's more call to actions to do this because the fall of man has happened, creation has been corrupted, so it's almost like before we can 
build and plant. We have to destroy what is not good. We have to throw down. We have to pull down. We have to root out. You know, there's things we need to pull out. And, and if you really, yeah, these before, so, so, so these mandates to almost clear the land before um, we can start to do things like building and planting. So the problem is that right now we try to build where we haven't pulled down, where we haven't rooted out, and corruption still happens. Anyways, if you really see the call to actions in 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 Genesis chapter 1, verses 28, all of them seem to be under the umbrella of what we see here, building and planting, right? So God has a claim. I mean, he, he sits down. Let's look at Psalms 82. I'm trying to show you uh, callings, and then we'll get into giftings and, and, and talents and all of that stuff. So Psalms 82, it reads, A plea for justice. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Feed them, not free them from the hand of the wicked. It says they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. Here, this is, this is very important. It says they do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness says all the foundations of the earth are unstable wow so you can see why god says i've set thee over the nations and the kingdoms to root out to pull down to destroy and to throw down before and then we can move on to building and planting here he's saying all the foundations of the earth are unstable in another translation in fact it's more it carries more gravity when you read it it says all the foundations of the earth are are out of course it says all the foundations of the earth are out of course and you and i can both agree that's the case right now all the foundations of the earth are out of course so You've got your work cut out for you. And I've got my work cut out for me. Because God is on a rescue mission. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. And he needs guys. He needs people to get to work. So then one of the things that I want to touch on, you know, dive into is this. So you can see that from, from, from the big picture, it's almost like all callings are under what I, you know, I call it a rescue mission, which you can also call a redemption plan. A redemption plan. If you really look at those callings, it's more like a redemption plan because I believe the reason is why there's more callings under root out, pull down, throw down, destroy 
those are four versus two which call to build and plant is because all the foundations of the earth right now are out of course it's true no matter what industry you go to government education medication um authority judicial systems all our foundations are out of course it's true okay with that in mind where does that leave us having that understanding that i want you to start seeing yourself as an agent of one of those callings i know which i've started to really figure out where mine is the more i study the more god has helped me to figure out what land i'm in and in some context some of the things i do are on the side of rooting out pulling down destroying whatever but in another context, I have some responsibilities to build and plant. Now, once you really understand, and there's different kinds of, um, once you read through these prophetic books, you'll see that the overall theme from Genesis to Revelation is a rescue mission, is a redemption plan. So most things, um, are within the context and since we're talking about callings that a calling is higher god wouldn't send you just in a rescue mission just to rescue your parents it's bigger you know he wants you to rescue nations because he says i have set you over the nations and kingdoms he doesn't say i've set you over your family he says i've set you over the nations and the kingdoms there's something bigger here Okay. Now, a calling, as we've said, it's a call to action from God. This is why you've been created. This is your mission statement. This is your work order, your profile. This is what heaven has sent you to do in this earth. Now, what you call gifts or what we call talents are those things that come naturally to you. So to fulfill this calling, you then need to start to know what am I gifted at? What 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 comes natural to me? Your gifts or what we call talents are those things that come naturally to you. You know, maybe you like to talk to people, right? So once you find the alignment and you know, okay, I love to talk to people in in the context of rooting out, pulling down, building, and planting, how can I use that gifting? for one of those lanes. You see how you start to really find out what am I called to do? This is kind of how, this was my discovery and the more that I've studied up, up on it, it makes sense more and more and more and more and more. Okay. Let us, um, let's keep going. So your gifts or your talents, these are things that come naturally to you. Things that you, you do effortlessly, you don't sweat. You know, you love to talk to people. Maybe you like to build things. You like to put things together. You like to, it's easy for you to help two people repair their relationship. Or So those are natural giftings. Now, actually, there's two categories of gifts. There's two types of gifts. There's what we call natural gifts, and there's also what we call spiritual gifts. Now, spiritual gifts are gifts 
they're, they're kind of like your superpowers. Uh-huh. So you thought that Marvel, the, the, the superhero movies that you that that people loth over and they die for, they, you know, they they've become ambassadors of all these things. God created us as superheroes. He really created us as superheroes. So there's what you call natural gifts, but there's also what you call spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are like special weapons that the Lord equips you with, right? And these special weapons can be found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is where you see what we call spiritual gifts. And I'll just read them so you can know what spiritual giftings are, in case you don't know, but you've probably heard of them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom. So these are the gifts. These are the special giftings. These are called spiritual gifts. It says, to one is given, this is a gift of word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, special faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So because of our characters and our personalities, the Lord will also impact spiritual giftings on our lives to further equip us, empower us, as he wills. Okay. Then you have what, what we call as skills. So skills is actually what you can acquire through training, you know, at school and so forth, things of that nature. And skills, let me, let me see. Let me make sure. Let me try to state according to to our script here so so do you, do you get it so you we found out we now know the kind of context or umbrella of callings that the lord has made available all of us are under one of those six maybe out of the six you can be in one context you can be building and in another context you're rooting out so don't limit yourself you could be doing all six, or you could be destroying and planting, right? So that's the general context of types of callings. Now, you really to really know under what lane you are, you now come down to the level of, okay, what things am I passionate about? What naturally comes to me? Those are what you call natural gifts. But as you continue to grow in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he empowers you with spiritual giftings. These are like superpowers. 
and I've read them out. Now, there's also what we call skill sets, skills. Skills is what you acquire through training. You know, you go to college and so forth. However, many people make the mistake of acquiring skills before they know they are calling. Many people make the mistake of acquiring skills before they know they are calling. The reason someone can drop out of college, this is an example, and go on to build an innovation or build a billion dollar company is not because they have all the skills. And many a times you'll find that someone who drops to college, someone with lesser education is the person that is now hiring all these other people to work for him or her. Now, you might stay in school longer and acquire more skills. No, no, no. Let, let me go back to the point before. I said, the reason someone can drop out of college and be going to build an innovation, a company, whatever, billion dollar company, is not because that they have acquired all the skills. No. You find out what you're good at. You, 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 you go down this lane of your calling, your dream, you know, as, as we've been saying, and then you find out people who are good at things you're not good at or gifted at, and they come in to make up the difference. Now, the reasons why something like this can happen is because let's say the person who dropped out uh, of college, since this happens a lot and we're always puzzled, how, how is it someone is building a company around something that they did not go to school for, whereas for you, you cannot do something around what you went to school for and people get frustrated. Well, here's some, here's some things you need to understand. Okay. The reason this person is able to do that is able to do that is because they have coupled two of the three. Remember, there's three things here. Calling is the is like the umbrella. Now, this is an umbrella that you can sustain or you can fulfill with your natural gifts, with your with your gifts, which are natural gifts and spiritual gifts. That's two. And then three skill sets. So someone who is able to get out, drop out of school and build a company or someone who's able to start, who's able to be successful in something they did not even go to school for is because they have coupled two out of these three. Meaning they know their calling or for those who haven't, are not tapping into their calling, they have a dream, right? They know their dream and they are powering up that the, the dream, bringing it into reality by relying on their natural gifts. So they have coupled two out of the three requirements of fulfilling a calling or a dream, two out of three. Now, in, ess in, in essence, this person has applied their natural ability or giftings to a certain idea that they are passionate about. They don't necessarily have the skill sets, but this is where uh, I'll get into that. Now, you might stay in school longer and acquire more skills than them, than this person. But then for you, after, let's say, 10 years or 12 years of being acquiring all these skill sets, the problem is that now you have to go looking for where to apply your skills. 
the person who discovers his dream, his passion, his calling before he decides to go into acquiring skills will always be on the trajectory that appears to be more successful than you because they have already headed down that path. That, that the key is for you to start heading down your calling, your path, because that's where you're going to be empowered. That is where you're going to wake up and work won't feel like it's a hassle. That is where you can go to bed at 1 a.m. or wake up at 7 a.m. or get to or start working on this thing at 7 a.m. It will feel natural. Because for you, you have acquired all these skill sets, but now you have to go on a discovery journey of knowing, of finding out where can I apply these skill sets that I've acquired from school or these things. Whereas this person coupled their calling and their giftings and started applying their giftings on this calling, on this dream, and it started to come out of the ground. Now, so you capture that? Mm -hmm. So this is why a person like this, who's using this approach, who's passionate about a certain industry, about a certain calling, who has this dream that they're passionate about, this is why they could stay in, you know, they could, they just need a year of college. You know, this is why, People surprised by dropouts, building companies or people, you know, leaving something they went to school for and, and they start, you know, because for them, let's say they come into college for one year. And that one year, oh, is it, you know, it, it, it the, the skills that they acquire in one year just further gives them enough gas, enough fuel to keep moving down this vision, this dream. So they just need a year of college to start moving in the direction of their passion or dream. Now, the reason I'm using, I'm, for now, I'm going to use passion because I said callings are from God. But you can have a passion, which is something you desire, which, and we say the calling is higher than a passion. But right now, let me just stay at the level of passions and dreams. Now, a calling... Um, let me see. The reason I, I, I really need to labor on this. Okay. So you hear stories of people like, let me use Steve Jobs. I say, okay, he was passionate about expressing art and this creativity through, you know, technology. Okay. Now, this is a person who then when signed up, when he went to college, he tried out like six, you know, a couple of classes, right? But it will interest you to know that the class that he chose to stay in was not even the class of, of computer science or engineering. It was the class of like calligraphy, of, of um, I've forgotten it exactly, but it was more of like an artsy class. But for him, that skill set was just more evidence of a desire and passion he heard about um, expressing art and um, 
you know, th this thing, this path that he had started to go down of, 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 of you know, of um, the computer. And, and, and in those cases, you're talking about the computer was so ragged. I mean, it was just, um, I would have to dig up some, some really some information to be more specific. But the point was that when he went to college, he did not, the classes that he enrolled into, he, it was just to find out, will this class help me in my desire and my passion of building the computer? you know, the first Mac, the first Apple. Once he figured that out, he was like, I got it. I, my, my time here is done. So most people, what most people do is this. Most people, you need to realize that getting skills is good, but getting skills is not the most important thing because you could be getting skills that won't really benefit your calling. Now, if, if let's say you're in college, if let's say you're doing a program right now, you need to toggle back and forth. You need to use discernment on if, let's say, the first degree <clears throat> can help you make some ground, cover some ground on this calling, on this ambition, on this desire. The problem is that some people will go and get four degrees, three degrees, you know, they'll, they'll keep getting another degree so that they can feel more equipped to um, to work for someone. And yet, God has already qualified you for your calling. Your calling is unique to you. You are already hired for your calling. You see, I don't have to become, the moment I realize this is what God has called me to do, I am hired. But if I start moving out of that line, then I have to work on myself to impress my capabilities so that someone else can hire me. Now, even if my calling, I'm not talking about in the context of, of, of self you know, of, 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 of self-employment. I'm just saying, even if my calling is to work under someone else, the mere fact that I have I'm in that path, that person will sense the natural knack, the giftings, the giftings that I have will bring me through the door. It's weird, but it's amazing. But you see, the problem is that people right now are trying to go and acquire skills so that they can come out and find a job that can pay them to have enough money to retire their parents. Um, I really feel bad that I'll always have to use that guy as an example. But um, you see what I mean? And yet, the moment you narrow in on your calling, you are hired. Because everything that you need to kickstart your calling is going to be primarily your natural giftings. So where do skills come in? Skills, uh, I had a point written here that I really want to make sure that I capture it. What, what, what you call skill sets, what you can learn in college and all these things, is essentially... Uh, so gifts and talents are like, the way I want you to think about it is this. Gifts and talents are like natural resources in the ground. This, this is the stuff that God has put in you. The stuff that comes to you effortlessly, right? In the ground. Your skill sets are what you use to harness, to excavate, to mine 
these natural resources in you, your giftings and talents. So school cannot make you a doctor if you were not a doctor before. If you grew up and you have a passion, it naturally comes to you when you see someone has injured themselves to run to the cabinet and pull out a plaster or to, to comfort them, to attend to them. If that naturally comes to you, school, academics, academia cannot make you a doctor if you were not a doctor before. And that's why you can be out of alignment. You can be a medical doctor, but that's not your calling. So skills are what you use to harness your giftings and your talents, these natural resources, uh, these minerals of creativity and desire and passion that God has already put in you. That's why I'm saying that when you go after your calling, you are already hired. So that's why someone can go after their calling and all they go into one year of college and that's all they need to keep moving down this path. So you should be juggling. The goal shouldn't be racking up degrees, racking up certificates. No, 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 no. It should be how soon and how fast can I start making impact? Can I start bringing my calling, my vision, my dream to being? So if one year of schooling empowers you to do that, it may sound crazy, but that's all you need. You don't need to waste more time. However, if maybe you need two more years in school, then so that those skills can help you continue to harvest and bring to the surface these gifts and talents that you have, then that's what you need. If after your first degree, you're good, that's all you need. Then you can start running down this path of your calling and your destiny. That's all you need. So you have you have to reach a certain point. Uh, if, you, if you reach a certain point and you feel like you're lacking in skills, then you can go and acquire more schooling, and more training to keep harnessing the gift. You see what I mean? So it's understandable at that point to do a parallel journey of equipping yourself with certain skills, studying, taking up some courses on the side and all these things. And that's why people are shocked right now that this whole, uh, when COVID came, schools were forced to, 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 to streamline all these curriculum and courses that used to require students to be at school for four months, a full semester into six weeks. That was an indication that there's a lot of stuff we're studying that we don't need. You see, in that moment, teachers were forced to really think about what do my students really need to learn? And a four month curriculum was brought down, was streamlined, into a six-week curriculum because there was pressure to just there was there was that urgency necessity to say i don't need to give you all the blood he's the meat let's get down to the bottom of it right and that's why now these certificates and short courses are booming because people are realizing that your skills actually is just what you use to harness and excavate and mine the natural giftings and talents that you have within you. So you can be at a company and saying, okay, you can work on this project. But when you come up against a roadblock and say, okay, maybe in six months, we're going to be working this project and we need you to know this. Then you now go and equip yourself with that knowledge, right? That's why the whole education system is being turned on its head. It's because of this. 
because originally God has put has called us. We all have a unique calling, but he already equipped us with what we call natural gifts and talents. And as you continue to grow in relationship with him, you tap into what you call spiritual gifts. Now, we have what we call skills. These are things you go to school to be trained at, or you go to a college or university or a boot camp or you name it. So I really hope that this is ministered to you. And now you can start to understand the whole point of callings, giftings, and how all of these things work together. That the reasons why someone can start up a business and succeed without all the education that other people have acquired is because they they're doing something that God already qualified them to do. It's their calling. It's their passionate. They have natural giftings and talents that can enable them to succeed and prosper to a certain degree. The moment they add skill sets, the thing just blows up. And most people, what they do, they don't even acquire the skill sets that they need. They stay at the level of their talents and their gifts, and they just hire people who are skilled to bring out their natural gifts and talents. Ah, anyways, it's been a lot. So since there was a lot of momentum building up to this, I will, we will dive more into this in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in. See you on the next episode. Sella. This was episode 18 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership Through the Life and Story of Joseph from the Book of Genesis. We explored why it is paramount for every person to find out what it is that God has called them to do. God has a plan for everyone he's ever created. However, the first step in finding out what the plan is, what this plan is for you, is surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. You need to align with the Creator first before He reveals His plan for your life to you. After this, then comes the responsibility to seek God for this plan for your life. You go on this adventure. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the honor of kings to search it out. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not plans to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. He doesn't stop there. He goes on to say, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be fond of you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. You see, any person that is not walking in the purpose that God has ordained for them is essentially walking in captivity. But God wants, God wants to bring you back from that captivity because at the end of your life here on earth, this is a question everyone will reflect upon before they take their last breath. Am I satisfied with what my life has accomplished? Did I fulfill the reason as to why I existed? In the next episode, we'll look at more guiding principles that you can lean on to discover your calling through scripture. 
Your host for today was Calvin Kamanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Oh